Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner. Cahen is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. Cahen and Little Red Hen – just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Well, welcome, friends, to another edition or the second half of an interview with Spencer Dodge here from the Cahen Caboose. And here we are, Cahen. It's a lovely day out here. We're looking out the back porch of the caboose, looking at the uh, fields roll by as we roll through eastern Colorado, past, past those fields of Olathe sweet corn. We're going to be, well, I think we're going to boil some of that sweet corn up back here in the caboose later. And uh, we have our guest here who's very comfortable, Spencer Dodge. We've been talking with him about the future of rail. And uh, Spencer... <coughs> Over to you. We, I know we, we kind of overburdened you with questions, but you want to jump in on the financial one now or wait a little bit? Um, yeah, happy to. Uh, and this is, this yeah. is around. I'll let you ask the question. Well, um, well the Spencer, what, how much are we going to get? When are we going to get it? When are the feds going to be? When will the feds send us this, this freight car load? of uh, greenbacks, so to speak, so that we can just get uh, the Southwest Chief running and uh, everything exciting like that. That's right. So um, there is a significant portion in the uh, bipartisan infrastructure bill. Um, Significant portion of that funding uh, goes to passenger rail. Um, It's one of the the largest investments. In fact, it might be the largest investment um, in passenger rail, uh, certainly since I've been alive. Um, and so that's that's passed the Senate. Um, it's got to pass through the House now. Uh, and assuming that does happen, um, I believe those funds are made uh, shortly after, uh, I think, maybe October 1st, uh, maybe mid-September. Um, and so uh, I think the, the idea behind a lot of these funds um, is that they're going to be grant based. Um, and so those grants would be administered through the FRA, which, um, you know, we already have a prior outstanding relationship with them. Um, we have two current FRA grants. Uh, we've applied for another um, and have and been very successful in the past uh, in getting those. Um, and so there's several different pots of money, one being uh, the Amtrak money. Um, there's, uh, there's $36 million uh, dedicated to inner city passenger rail. Um, 24 of that uh, goes to the Northeast Corridor. And so um, looking particularly for Amtrak, uh, looking at about $12 billion um, to kind of uh, improve inner city uh, service. And so that's where you could see some of that front range passenger rail money. Um, additionally, there's some state of good repair money. Um, there's, there's some other uh, pots of money through the FRA 
um, that we could uh, we could leverage for um, some of those improvements, those infrastructure improvements to uh, um, see if we can get the Southwest Chief rerouted up to Pueblo. Um, and so, you know, a lot of different money uh, that we can look at. The bill itself uh, is about one, I think it's about 2,700 pages long, uh, and there's about 250 Luther, pages well, in passenger rail. Did so you, did you, you read 2,000 pages? No, no, no I focused on the passenger book. rail and, and rail stuff, and that was about 250 to 300 pages. So it was long, but um, I, I think that's a sign of just how much, uh, um, uh, how much motivation there is to invest in passenger rail in the country. Um, and oh, as, as many of your listeners know, uh, Colorado has worked hard to, uh, um, to get ourselves positioned um, as well as we can. And uh, I think it's fair to say, um, and we've heard this nationally as well, that kind of the Front Range Passenger Rail Corridor is, uh, is maybe the lead dog in that race uh, as far as new corridor development. And so working on maintaining that position and, and when those funds do become available, assuming it gets through the house, uh, we'll be ready. Boy, that's exciting. Now let's back up a little. That is a freight car full of money, thirty-six million to Amtrak million. to pick up billion. What? Thirty-six billion? Yes, sir. And uh, twenty-four of that again has to go to the Northeast corridor up there in uh, uh, New York and in Massachusetts. But twelve of that is for um, inner city throughout the country. Um, and so, again, that's just one part of the money that we're looking at. Um, I think that's going to be a, a huge component of the project, but. Um, again, there's a lot of different funding pots. Um, we're, we're really trying to expand our uh, our scope and see um, just how much we can leverage uh, of different areas. My goodness! And so, what 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 other pots might what other pots might we stir here if we want to stir some? So most of it is uh, through FRA um, funds. A lot of, uh, of safety and, and state of good repair uh, specific initiatives. Um, you know, the the Chrissy Grant program is going to continue. Uh, looking at maybe leveraging that for for some of the um, environmental reviews, uh, the NEPA process. Uh, additionally, I think that there's some um, at-grade safety uh, programs that they're instituting, um, at-grade crossing safety, excuse me. Um, and so looking at how we can slot those into the overall project. Um, you know, front range passenger rail, it's about 180, 200 mile corridor. Um, and so there's a lot of different things that we're going to need to do. And so um, with that becomes, uh, there's a lot of different opportunities. Um, I know that there's uh, there's certain transit money for uh, station improvements or, or station locations. And so um, also taking an interest in how we can leverage those funds uh, for various communities. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot out there. Uh, and I think we're still slowly processing it um, and, and still kind of waiting to see what the what the house does with that bill, because, um, you know, I, I suppose there could be some small changes or, or what may. Although it sounds like Nancy Pelosi gets her troops in line and says, we're going to pass this, boys, let's go. She, she sounds pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I think um, I, I would be shocked if it didn't pass. Um, but, you know, again, I uh, don't want don't to start counting chickens um, if they're not hatched yet. So uh, right. we'll get there. Yeah. Gee, that's, that's freight cars full of money. It really is. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and of course, we've got someday – who knows Buttigieg? We ought to, I'm saying that all wrong. The Secretary of Transportation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, 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 well, let's get him on the show sometime because he sounds like he's very, very much in, involved in this. Yeah. He is. Um, you know, one thing I'll, I'll add about him is, you know, he comes from a, a smaller town. Um, and I think he recognizes the importance of passenger rail for, for rural communities and smaller towns throughout the country. Um, and, and it's promising to see that um, and kind of uh, hear that rhetoric again from, um, from Washington, D.C. So 
looking really forward to, to working closer with the FRA and with the USDOT um, as we push this along. Yeah. And we've got <clears throat> certainly both of our U.S. senators are <clears throat> very pro-rail. And um, one of them up for uh, re-election this year, I think, uh, that wouldn't be Hickenlooper. He was just elected. Yeah. It might be Bennett. Yeah, I think I think Bennett maybe has another year or two, but um, we're getting there. Yeah. Huh. So that's always a good time to to hear people what sound them out and so on. That's right. And um, well, and um, oh my gosh. Well, oh, also as I was just saying to Rick a little bit ago, my wife too. The the um, our senior lobby, they're getting. There are some on. There are some in this room who uh, see uh, who are in their eighties or see their eighties coming. Not as, are you are you eighty yet, Rick? Um, hey, that's the way he's out there for me. For that's it. our engineer. He's up in the front. <laughs> he's up in the engine. Engineers never turn eighty, do they? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry, sorry here. That makes me cough. Okay, uh, but th this senior lobby. Now, they are very concerned about the fact that they want a, a lot more public transportation. So it's not just the kids, but, and they love trains. Mm -hmm. They really do. And, uh, and they like buses that can get them to trains. And uh, so this Hank Martin, that, who we had on here, on the show who uh, sort of is in charge of transit down here in Southern Colorado, where people sometimes get feeling, and I think Hank may be sharing some of that, the sense that we're way down here in the Southern end of the state, long ways from Denver, hard to get a lot of interest in concerns down South, South of the, um, South of the Mason-Dixon line, so to speak. But, but and I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not sure that I share his view on that. I uh, you you if you heard that show, Rick, you, you know, yeah. What what do you think, Spencer? Is that a valid concern or not really? Or it's hard to know, isn't it? That, that, that's a good question. Um, and really, all I can comment on is what what I observe. Um, and what I know is existing. Um, and and what I can tell you is that. Uh, the long distance lines, um, particularly the Southwest Chief, um, we've seen massive investment uh, in those infrastructure improvements to ensure that's continued um, at and a state level. That's all Southern Colorado. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and and at, at a state level, you see, um, you know, CDOT is working really hard to, to implement Bustang, um, which is their kind of statewide bus network. Um, I know that they're they're providing Excellent service down service. towards the South yep. as well. Yeah. And then, um, you know, kind of finally, uh, I would point to what the local communities are doing. Um, you know, Trinidad is really uh, working hard with CDOT and with Amtrak to improve their uh, um, their Southwest Chief Station down there. Um, Pueblo, the Pueblo community, uh, they're really, really working hard on on kind of their station area planning efforts as well. Um, and so, you know, at all three levels, federal, state, and local, I think you're seeing, um, you know, renewed focus on, on kind of transit to rural communities. Um, and it's so important. So, Looking out into the future, uh, I think if we just continue to do what we're doing, um, uh, you know, really trying to at all levels um, implement transit and, and really kind of build up that structure, I think that just shows 
um, for future delegations, you know, hey, there's there's reason to invest in this and there's reason to focus on that. And so that's what um, we want to do. We just want to do right by Coloradans and really show that, hey, this is a system that can work. Oh, yeah. Well, and we had um, Garcia, uh, Leroy Garcia, uh, who was the last speaker of the Senate. I don't know. Um, is he still up there? I uh, so this, he was he was president of the Senate this last session, um, and, and I got to be honest, I'm not sure about next session um, how that's going to work. But again, that's another that's a perfect uh, example there. Um, you know, he was uh, he was the Southern sponsor Colorado. for Senate Bill 238, uh, which created the Front Range Passenger Rail District, which is a special <clears throat> district to to really push forward Front Range Passenger Rail service. Um, he was heavily involved in Senate Bill 260, which is the large transportation funding. Uh, package that they passed this legislative session. Um, and you see, again, in that bill, there's so much money for transit. So uh, I think Senator Garcia is a perfect example. Um, Representative Escar uh, from the same uh, same area is another great example. Um, He's from Pueblo, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Escar, very, very um, influential. She's the one who testified on the... <laughs> Two employees in the head end bill. I don't know if you even remember that. That was a while ago. They, um, they, the, they were trying to deal with the FRA about the fact that so many of the railroads were running trains with only one person, like our engineer here, Rick, up in the, in the, all by by himself up there in the engine, and. Uh, trying to institute or conserve rules saying that uh, you had to have two people in the head end of a, of a, of a train um, as a safety precaution. That's right. And um, I don't know how far Escar, I think she got some compliance on that. I don't know that that ever really passed. And that's a very technical question. Yep. But um, I know I feel better if I See a, a locomotive. If I see two people up in the head end, I think, yeah, they're they're likely to keep each other awake. And um, <laughs> and we did have a very tragic wreck on the East Coast, where as far as they can ascertain, they they had a single uh, single engineer in the lead unit, and who became either distracted or possibly went to sleep. I don't think the lawsuits will go on for years and years about that. But anyway, somehow or another, he ran a, uh, ran a speed signal and that was a tragic wreck. My God. And um, now would, would he have been more likely to be on top of it if there were two up, up there? Well, I, I really think so. I mean, seemed like, seemed like back in the day, why if you were in the head end, it didn't matter if you were the, head end brakeman or whatever you were, your job was to keep everybody, you know, looking down the track and drinking their coffee and staying awake and even gossiping didn't matter. But, uh, but I, I think, um, <clears throat> I think that bill, uh, we should find out if Eskar, how she, how, how she had resolved that, mm -hmm. you know, that's a little afar feel from, from your area of expertise, Spencer, but um, okay. Now, who then, Spencer? Who else will be, or we can imagine who else will be out there pushing to keep this all flowing? Um, you say the legislature seems good. 
Um, what do we hear from the governor? Is he uh, on board? Yeah, so um, by all indications, uh, the governor is, this is certainly um, w- one of his transportation focuses. Uh, I think by you know his, his signing and, and implicit support of Senate Bill 238, um, you can see that's a huge step that uh, that Colorado, um, you know, is, is really pushing the envelope on. Uh, I don't think that we've we've had a structure like this to kind of um, push forward passenger rail um, ever. Uh, and so, you know, he, he works closely. Uh, I know with some of the leaders in the legislature to uh, to make sure that, um, you know, that this did make it through the legislative session. And so we saw that um, he signed the bill uh, at his bill signing he, uh, down in Pueblo, actually, um, in front of the beautiful Union Depot. Uh, he was supportive there. And so through uh, through his language, um, and then through the actions of CDOT, you can see that you know this is uh, is certainly a focus of of this administration, um, and we appreciate that. Um, I think uh, if you look historically, uh, this is you know this is the first furthest we've come uh, to implementing front range passenger rail, and uh, I think that speaks to the leadership at um, both in the Capitol uh, and in the governor's uh, mansion. It's pretty exciting to have everybody on board, <clears throat> and as I said before, the class ones seem to be on board, or at least BNSF seems to be on board. I don't know that we've necessarily heard from the UP, but, uh, <clears throat> you know. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good point that I, that I do like to discuss often. Um, you know, I think uh, th- there's a sentiment out there that you just can't work with the class one railroads and they'll just shut the whole thing down before you can even get started. Um, I think what we've seen over the last two years uh, is that that's not necessarily the case, uh, you know. BNSF and, and the Union Pacific, they certainly have their interests, right? They are businesses, um, and, and we need to respect that. But along with that, uh, I think comes opportunity as well. Um, you know, so we, we've worked very closely with BNSF, uh, really um, behind the scenes as well. Uh, we mentioned the, the money that they've thrown uh, for that build grant um, to improve the, the La Junta subdivision down there for the Southwest Chief. Um, you see the investment there. Um, and as far as in-kind work goes, uh, you know, they've provided us with a lot of data, um, with a lot of technical specifications that are really helping the project move forward and, and giving us an understanding of, of, uh, of what we need to do to make sure that we can uh, uh, work alongside the class ones. And so um, to date, uh, you know, they've been great partners so far. And so I, uh, I know there's a, the sentiment out there um, that you can't work with the class ones. Uh, but I think really that if... Uh, we both come to the table with an understanding and respect for what we each, our interests are on, on uh, kind of both sides of that issue. And so uh, it's worked well so far. Um, we've got great partners. They are, of course, uh, members of the Rail Commission right now, um, both UP and, and BNSF. Uh, and for the district, uh, the Front Range Passenger Rail District, they're also non-voting members. Um, so we've got them at the table. Um, we're working as closely as possible. Uh, you know, I talk to um, BNSF staff uh, almost every other day. Um, so. Uh, so far, um, to date, uh, they've been great partners, um, and we're looking forward to continuing that relationship. Why? That is such good news, because they, after all, um, they own those rails that we um, hope we can use. That's right. Certainly, uh, Denver Boulder, which even in my day had passenger service. That's an odd thing. We had a, a depot, a passenger depot in uh, Boulder. You could walk down and get on a a little 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 train, two cars usually, and go to Union Station. I mean, you know, that's I'm old, but I'm not that old. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know. I suppose that I suppose that's a long ways in the past. I, I don't know, but but it could happen again. I would I would that's think. Right. That's and what we're working course, towards. <laughs> well, and of course, there's there's good bus service there now. 
but uh, my understanding is that the um, US 36 is um, clogs pretty frequently. And especially if there's a football game or something like that. So right. uh, again, I think that speaks, we, we spoke, I think maybe last week about, um, uh, you know, providing options, um, just as same thing on US 36 as it is on I-25. Uh, we just need to, to provide as many different transportation options um, because again, you know, you can only build highways and interstates out so far. And um, when the snow comes or the rain comes, uh, there's still interstates and highways, right? Um, so just providing as many options for all of the different community members we have. Yep. Rick has a show here on Cahen, which is, uh, he calls bacon, Lubbock, and tomato. And um, one popular song in his music show is called Snowing on Raton, talking about Raton Pass, which is favorite favorite place to close down and uh, as you say uh, Glenwood Canyon closes down and right. uh, just uh, certainly through through Denver from uh, from what I read rush hour is something else again you probably drive that or <clears throat> yeah I avoid it as best I can yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll comment on that, Forrest, and thanks for that uh, radio show mention. Um, why do they call it a rush hour? <laughs> it's it's never a rush. It's a lot of people. Uh, hey, we're at about five minutes, uh, Forrest. Oh, we're about five minutes with our interview with Spencer Dodge. Yeah, Spencer, I we just are so so happy to have you on the show because. When you climb in this Cahen caboose here for on the rails, boy, you you have your finger on so much of the our rail future here in Colorado, here in the Front Range, here in uh, the Arkansas Valley, mm-hmm. um, and it's just so exciting to see what's really coming for us. And mm-hmm. now, do you want to say any uh, any uh, last? Oh, and and we have to mention the freight cars full of money. Really, it sounds like they're really happening. I mean, $36 billion to Amtrak. I mean, come on. twelve. And and actually, I'll mention that Amtrak is going to get a little bit more than 36. Um, In fact, I think it's closer to... um, uh, Actually, I don't want to put a number on that. Just the 36, though, is alone one part of Amtrak's package, and that's just for inner city passenger rail. So, um, you know, Amtrak is looking at even more money than just 36. Um, Again, the largest investment in passenger rail uh, in in quite some time. Someday we might even have a a station in Trinidad so that I don't have to stand out there in the snow clutching my backpack, clutching my oxygen device, and hoping the snow will stop, hoping that (laughs) that's, that's, it, it is, Boarding in Trinidad is pretty rough right now. That's right. But that may change. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, We're working on that shelter project right now, uh, really trying to push that forward so we can get uh, some sort of structure out there to uh, keep you out of the snow. (laughs) At least, at least a little, a little shelter so you can, oh my gosh. Yeah. Although it's community building in the (laughs) sense that everybody says, oh, here it comes. Everybody jumps out of their cars, runs up on the platform. Oh my God. That's railroading in Colorado. There it is. Oh, gosh, Spencer, we're just so happy to have you here and um, happy to see the way the way CDOT is really, really taking to this whole thing. We're a long ways from when we were 
still called the division of highways, where, you know, which we were, as you know, back in historical dates. Oh boy, great, great show. Do you now what do you want to say anything in, in closing here before we before we say our highball? Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, just in closing, I think uh, I want to thank, uh, I, I really want to highlight some of the work that um, a, a lot of our community members, uh, specifically um, passenger rail fans, uh, have provided over the last year. Um, you know, Collar Rail uh, and their members have been huge for us, uh, pushing through Senate Bill 238. Uh, they were there ready to testify in support of passenger rail. And so they've been a, a very effective and, uh, and helpful voice in that effort. Um, and, and those not affiliated with Colorado, um, quite frankly, um, in Pueblo and Trinidad and La Junta, um, all up and down the front range. Uh, you know, we've got support at a community level, um, at a leadership level. Uh, and so I think that with that continued support from your listeners and from uh, the Colorado folks and from everybody else who supports Passenger Rail, um, you know, I think we can get this done. I, I'm really optimistic about our future. Uh, and again, Forrest, I, I love being in the caboose. I appreciate you having me. Very nice. Well, well, you'll get different questions here, <laughs> different questions than you get probably anywhere else. Some of these, some of our regular listeners are, we have a few characters, as Rick will say. Well, all right. Any news from the head end? Okay, Mr. White. Everything, everything going to lock this here, down. Forrest. All right. And we're, we're ready to pull out. That's been another edition of On the Rails with me, Forrest Whitman. 106.9 on your FM dial. We're going to highball and get this Get this thing moving. Okay, at the count of three, a big high ball. One, two, three. High ball! High ball! Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889.